Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today on the show, we have Miriam Washington Kendall, the CMO at MakeSpace, joining us. This is an awesome conversation just about, you know, channel selection, how to pick the channels, also understanding the touch points between your brand and the consumer and how it's different across audience segments. I love this episode. Miriam's got a wealth of knowledge she brings to the show. But before we get into it, as always, this show is brought to you by Cave. We are a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow primarily through social media. So if you need help, head over to cavesocial.com. We would love to get you rocking and rolling. All right, let's sit back. Enjoy this episode. What's going on, my beautiful marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting down with Miriam Washington Kendall. She joins me from New York City. She is the CMO at Make Space. Miriam, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. I'm excited to have you on and kind of get into, you know, the current status of things when it comes to being a marketing leader and a lot of the challenges that, you know, not only that you're facing, but that we're all kind of facing, right? And go through some of those. But before we do, I want to let you set the table. How did you get into marketing, find your way to make space? Walk us through the journey so far. Yeah. So I actually started my career in management consulting. Everything was really around customer strategy, customer relationship management. In fact, at the time, I never really thought of myself as a marketer. I thought of myself as a customer strategist because I touched IT and marketing and sales and finance and just, you know, very multidisciplined. But then my first client side job, I went to Under Armour and uh, where I really started to embrace the marketing role. I had two roles at Under Armour. The first was running direct to consumer digital marketing for North America. And then the second role was global CRM. So helping all of the different regions for Under Armour embrace CRMs, set up the technology and the strategy and all that fun stuff. And then I got lured away to an Italian shoe company called M. Jimmy, which is direct to consumer luxury Italian shoes, which is super fun, not just because of the work, but also I love shoes. And then after that, that led me to Make Space, which is not quite a direct linear progression to a uh, valet storage. But now I run everything marketing at Make Space, including partnerships. And uh, we have a retail store that I'm running as well. Amazing. So how is that? I mean, going from Under Armour, you know, you're in a big machine, right? Yeah. And then you move on to the Italian shoe maker. Was that a big company? Was it small, scrappy? Small, yeah. Okay. And then now moving over to MakeSpace and kind of really that, you know, tech enabled, taking the old classic business and bringing it to, you know, 2021 with regards to uh, using technology to facilitate storage. Now, how has that been? I'm always curious whenever someone's been you know, in a massive brand. So then now you have more agility, but you got way less brand recognition. Was there anything that's kind of like when you've gotten in, you're like, okay, like I don't have $26 million for a Super Bowl commercial and a bunch of ad TV spend throughout the year. Like, was there anything like that that kind of hopped out to you where you're like, all right, we need to get scrappy? Oh, totally. It's And you, you hit the nail right on the head. It's really about the brand awareness piece of it. And we didn't have any athletes. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, you know, Under Armour, even though it was a really large company, it was very scrappy itself. We acted like a very small company within a big company. There was uh, very much of an innovative mindset 
mindset, test and learn, make it happen, make things work. So that type of mindset actually translated well to the smaller companies. But you're right, the whole brand awareness piece, I probably underestimated when I went over to the first smaller company. I'm like, wait a second, we don't have people talking to us all the time. We're not in the news all the time. We have to earn this. Um, so you'd have to like make up stories that PR would pick up and things like that. But you know, it's funny, even Under Armour was kind of tech enabled because at the time when I joined, they had just acquired three different fitness apps. And so one of the things that was even part of my job was trying to fit that data about Lavio's consumers into how to sell them shirts and shoes. So, and then going over to M. Jimmy, also very data-driven, even though we're selling luxury Italian shoes, but really trying to use that data to do the best kind of marketing that we could. And then going over to MakeSpace, again, tech-enabled, data-driven, very scrappy. So part of it is just that kind of scrappy entrepreneurial spirit that kind of been the thread of everything that I do. But you're right. Also, the biggest difference, I think, is how quickly we move. Like Under Armour, you'd have an idea. It moved fairly quickly for a very large company, but there's nothing like, you know, investors all over your back <laughs> and like MGMI or, or MakeSpace to, to move really, really quickly and, and make things happen. And right now at MakeSpace, how big is the marketing team? There's about 10 of us now. Okay. So it's getting to that like multiple layers of management and things moving quick, but there's, yeah, I love that. That's my favorite amount or, or level to play at because you're moving really fast, but there's some structure, but there's not 26 lawyers approving tweets. So I love when you're playing in that space. Now, as you've, you know, you're at MakeSpace and what has been kind of the primary channel or um, we talked a little bit offline, but I'd love to hear kind of the channels that you all have focused on. And then we can get into talking about uh, some of the e-com challenges that we're all having. Indeed, indeed. So when I first got to MakeSpace, we were really heavily reliant on Google search. And we also used a lot of OTT. And those are really our two main main channels. For Google in particular, because MakeSpace is very intent driven, like I can't make you want storage if you have zero need for storage. I can make you want Italian shoes if you don't think you want them, <laughs> but I can't make you want storage. So for us, like the intent driven channels are actually super important for us and they always will be. But the big change that we've made is just opening up new channels so that we're not as reliant on search. I love that. And the new channels are so, so important, right? What we've seen over the last Oh man, it's probably been like a year now, but iOS 14, now iOS 15, crackdown really on privacy. It's limited targeting. We're seeing CPMs go up, cost per click go up across, I mean, Google, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. This is a thing and a pain point that I'm hearing from a lot executives. Is that also in your circles? Are you hearing people being like, dang, we're getting killed with the, the costs and the limited targeting? Totally. I've actually been to a couple of CMO roundtables recently, and it was definitely the topic of conversation across the board. And the sad thing is no one had like the silver bullet answer for it. Like, oh, if you just do this, like toggle, we'll fix everything. Like, that was just not the case. But we all, we did talk about things that we could do to, to help kind of mitigate some of the things that we're experiencing. Yeah. It's one of those things where I always think about it like life cycle of the brand and the early on, yeah, it's like you're spending your way into relevancy a lot of times, right? And when that gets taken away or when the burn rate goes up or the investors go, hey, we don't want to do that. Now it's like, okay, what other channels? Is there 
a growing email list, are we actually storytelling? Right. A lot of brands talk about storytelling and then you go to their page and it's like just a catalog with nice pictures. Like, yeah. oh, how are, what are we actually doing on these channels? Are we doing on site activations? Are we doing referral like programs? All of these other channels that I think should be probably be doing anyways and not so, so reliant on Instagram and Facebook. I think that and Google because. The getting's been good on those platforms for about 15 years. So yeah. <laughs> and now we're like, oh, dang, okay. I can't target you exactly in your house anymore to get you to buy Italian shoes or to, you know, get in front of someone who needs storage. So are you now expanding or looking at like unpaid effort, storytelling? Is it some on site activations? Like, walk me through some of that stuff that maybe isn't in the whole marketers trying to impress marketer side of things, but more so like, no, the make space consumer is really responding to A, B, and C. That's what we're going into. What are yeah. those kind of A, B, and C? I think you're absolutely right. I think marketing is actually making kind of a full circle, right? So first we got so excited that we were able to do all of this targeting with our technology. And we're like, oh my gosh, we can pinpoint to exact person and we can, you know, every single thing about that person. But now with, you know, privacy issues and things like that, we're kind of backing up the other way and doing more of like the mass marketing and the storytelling, hopefully at a more segmented level, but, but still going back to like, why do, why should you care about our brand and kind of what's in it for you? Some of the things that we've been doing are things like sponsoring television programs. Like we sponsored a program called Legacy List, which is got the host of hoarders. So sponsoring things like being affiliated with, with shows like that. We also did um, military makeover with Montel Williams. So he helped sponsor the storage company that came in, brought out the stuff and, and brought it back. So associating with things like that. We opened up a retail store in New York City during the pandemic, a little bit crazy, but just inviting customers to come in, learn about our products, you know, giving them another way to drop off their stuff or pick up their stuff, whatever's most convenient for them. So really trying to reach them in different ways. We've done some radio, which has been interesting. And with the radio, we, we with all the personalities, we've actually had them store their stuff with MakeSpace so they have that experience so they can talk authentically about their experience and be able to relay that to their consumer, their audiences. Yeah. So those are some of the things we've been trying. I, I like it. And when it comes to MakeSpace's consumer, is it a lot of like the tech-enabled millennial in New York City who's got skiing equipment that they can't have in the small apartment? And like, yeah. is that kind of the... Well, it's funny. That's how we started. And actually, we still have a huge volume of that type of customer. But when we did a deep dive into who our customers are and who we wanted them to be, we saw there was actually a pocket of segments that were really attractive segments for MakeSpace that we really were under-indexing on. For example, parents who want to put away their gear for, you know, they have one kid and then, you know, they're going to be a couple of years before they have their next kid, right? So they need mm. to get that stuff out of their place. Um, another is downsizing seniors. Um, so people who have a lot of stuff and... They don't know where to put it, and they usually are downsizing into smaller and smaller places. That's a great audience for us. But it's funny. We used to talk about how cool our app is, and our app is cool. But the downsizing seniors don't care as much about that as they do about someone coming to their place, picking up all their stuff for them, taking it away. Like So just changing that message to be able to relate to those different types of audience. I love that. Like the different parts of the company that, that resonate with different audiences, which... Yeah. You know, we all forget. I do sometimes, but it's like, oh yeah, we need to segment out that like little things 
I, I tell every brand, I'm like, if you're targeting seniors, for instance, I'm like, your designers might hate you, but you need to probably double the size of your font. Yeah. Like, and people are like, <laughs> and it's like, right, because <laughs> this is the reality, right? And yeah, because that's going to be important. And you just touched on that, right? The seniors, they really value that someone's going to come to their house, grab their goods. Where me, I'm 33. I'm like, dang, I'm going to app. I can go boom, boom, boom. Easy. That's what I want. I love that. Now, what markets are you guys all in? We are in 31 markets. So most of the major cities across the US and we're also in Toronto and Canada. Oh, there we go. Toronto, where I went to school. So big, everybody knows this show who listens. I get uh, big shout outs to Toronto. So, and we have a, a list, a pretty decent listenership in Toronto too. So check yeah, out Make Space. Awesome. This has been awesome, Miriam. Now, for anybody who wants to connect with you online or learn more about Make Space, where should they head? So Make Space, you can check us out at um, makespace.com. And for me, find me on LinkedIn. It's probably the best place to find me at Miriam Washington Kendall. Amazing. I will put links to both of those in the show notes so you all can go and connect with Miriam. And hey, if your apartment's getting pretty clunky and you're looking around, go check out makespace.com. They'll be able to help you out. Thanks so much, Miriam. I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch you next time.